Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcasts with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. Breaking ball, hammered, winker to right, staggered stride, God, A three-home run game! And Winker puts the Reds back on top! Payoff pitch, swing and a miss, and the Reds sweep the Cardinals in St. Louis! Their first four-game broom cleaning at Bush Stadium in over 30 years, led by Jesse Winker. What's up, guys? Welcome to a very fun special edition of Late Night Reds Talk here live on YouTube. Um, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm so happy we made the switch over from locker room to this just because it's I get to see your faces, and that makes it a lot more fun. So Tim Daniel here with the normal crew as always. Nicholas Kirby, how are we doing, my man? Oh, we are doing great. Celebrating a nice Reds win uh, after a four-game sweep. Uh, things are looking up. Here we are. And also joining us. Carlos, I actually have that sweatshirt somewhere in my house. I'm, sh- I'm still cleaning through stuff. So, Mr. Carlos Guevara, how are you, man? I'm doing well, man. Doing really good. Good. Thank you. Good. Joining us today, we have a very special guest to start the show with us. Uh, you know him as part of Red Leg Nation, Red Leg Nation Radio, and Cincinnati Magazine. And Chad, if I'm forgetting any, please feel free to correct me. I will not be insulted. Mr. Chad Dotson, welcome for your first time to Late Night Reds Talk. How you doing, man? Oh, man, doing doing very well. That introduction was exactly as I wrote it. Thank you very much. Good, good. I'm pretty good at that, I guess. That's like my one strength I got going for me. <laughs> so uh, we're going to hang out with Chad for a little bit before we get into kind of a lot of topics. So kind of pick his brain on things going on with the ball club. And let's obviously start with, after last night, I know there's a lot of damper in people's hearts with Sonny Gray getting hurt. But now if you look at the bigger picture, they've won five of, uh, they've won four of the last, five of the last six against the top two I mean, against the Cardinals and the Brewers. Uh, Nick is still, and myself, are still very anti-believing in the Cubs because of the rotation, so we count these games more as excitement. Um, but for them to make up this ground, they get Votto back. I know he hasn't got a hit just yet in his return, but he's getting walks, um, and he's had some pretty cool defensive plays last night. We saw Votto still has a little bit of a vertical. Um, so, you know, what? right now with where this team's at, with where they're hitting, and we know about the bullpen woes, you being a guy who covers this team very, like very, you know, closely. What are you taking away from this weekend with St. Louis and Milwaukee, and kind of moving forward with the schedule, kind of lighting up a, not really lighting up a little bit till the Minnesota series. Yeah, you know, this uh, the last week has been kind of a microcosm of what this team is. They're flawed, but man, they're fun sometimes. You know, I mean, they've got. Uh, uh, a bunch of fun guys that are easy to root for and they really have talent, but you know, they're just not a, quite a complete team. That's what we're kind of seeing. But given the fact that they have kind of hung in there while, uh, you know, Mustakas and Vado uh, have been, uh, have been injured, you know, obviously Lorenzo in the bullpen and um, you know, it, it's a situation where you can kind of squint a little bit and see, Oh, wow. Now if they get these guys healthy, 
maybe we can make a run here in this division because as we all said before the season started this division is flawed we knew we knew it was not going to be great uh, in the beginning that was the, the best thing we had going for us in some ways because the reds have an incomplete roster but uh hey you know there's you know they keep pulling me back in uh they're fun to watch and i can't uh, i can't quit them i guess uh so it is what it is i know that feeling all too well fun fun but flawed i think we need to start the hashtag with that that, that, (laughs) right that's perfect yeah that is um and kind of you know you mentioned already so one of the big topics late last week was the news about michael lorenzen and uh, the idea of when he returns to the team, he is preparing to be pitching in the bullpen. And he kind of gave an interview with, I think, Mark Sheldon, where he talked about, he's like, I don't love it, but it's what the team needs, kind of paraphrasing, of course. And Carlos and I, at the beginning of the season, we talked about this, and we kind of felt all along, like, I felt like he should have been the bullpen regardless. So for you, you know, it seems like, with, you know, obviously three starts, Vladimir Gutierrez looked like he could be a really good fifth starter for this team. And, it, you know, I know it looks like it makes the most sense, but do you feel like that is still the ideal role for Michael Lorenzen? Uh, hard to say, you know, but before the season, I wanted to see him in, in the rotation just because I kind of default to that. If they can pitch in the rotation, let's let them pitch in the rotation. But with this team, the way that's currently constructed, I don't think it makes any sense to have him in the rotation right now. I, I, the bullpen desperately needs him. And not that he's an elite reliever necessarily, but uh, you don't have to be an elite reliever to be one of the better relievers in this bullpen. Uh, he can, he can, he can genuinely help them. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of get what he's, where he's coming from as well, but uh, I, I don't see, I, I think it's 100%. He needs to be in the bullpen uh, because the bullpen 100% needs him. Yeah. And, and we also know what we're going to get with him. We've seen it. So, I mean, we know we're going to get probably four out of five really good outings from him. One of them is going to be rough on us, but, I mean, at least that's something that we can count on you know, as we're watching at home. Right. And it's better than, that. you know, uh, whatever random uh, waiver wire pickup they're going to throw in there. Otherwise, you know, he's kind of like Amir Garrett. Crazy talent. Uh, generally pretty good. But, you know, sometimes you're going to have one of those outings that are going to, uh, you know, yeah. make you smack your forehead. But, yeah, I, I, we need him. We need him bad. Yeah, we're like, come on. Come on. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that is where we're at with this pen. And Carlos, it'd be quicker uh, for him to jump into the the bullpen uh, than in the rotation as well, right? So it's just kind of a you, you yeah. jump in the fire a little bit quicker, I would I would assume, as a reliever than as a starter. I mean, it's probably almost a full month to be to get ready to throw at least four to five innings. Simply and no the bullpen no is like, are you healthy? Okay, here comes your four to five rehab innings, and then let's go. Shout out John Thomas in the chat starting hashtag fun, but flawed. We have the original now after we talked about it. Love it. So guys, let's talk a little quick uh, about obviously tonight's starter, Vladimir Gutierrez. Again, we talked last week, just a dude that just pounding the strike zone, making plays happen for this team. And tonight goes seven innings. Once again, just showing being fearless on the mound, you know, making sure like it, you, you're going to have to have your better at bats against them. Again, what I think really jumped out to me more than anything is he had another first inning where he gives up a run and just settles down and calms down the rest of the game. Like, you know, we've seen Luis Castillo have these three, four first run innings, and it seems like it's kind of thrown him off where, you know, this, Vladimir Gutierrez has come in and two games in a row has given up a first inning run. It's been great. Um, I was texting Nick earlier that he's had seven less starts than Jeff Hoffman and only 24 less innings already. 
So <laughs> seems like we might have something to something to look forward to and keep giving him shots at that fifth spot in the rotation. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think Gutierrez ceiling is probably maybe a four ERA this year, but if he, if he puts up a four ERA, I mean, I think you know you're you're living well with that as your your fifth starter. So, um, I mean, what would where would Gutierrez be on the Cubs? Would he be their second best starter, third best starter? You know, so I mean, you got to kind of put it, I think, in in that perspective. And yeah, anything he gives you is just a, a, a huge bonus. I, I think. There's, there's definitely no scenario where, where Jeff Hoffman starts again unless it's a really, really dire situation. <laughs> yes, Chad, you speak for all of us. I almost forgot about Jeff Hoffman already. Thanks for bringing it up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, about the pitching, the, the starting rotation, it's actually an interesting uh, thing here, which is that, you know, in some ways they have a decent looking rotation, even with uh, the Sonny Gray injury and with Castillo hopefully coming back now, but he's not been great, but still you, this rotation has held its own and, you know, I'm excited to see what Tony Santion can do. And uh, we got a couple of guys down in uh, double A that I'm eager to see as soon as we can see them. But uh, the starting rotation is not, even though we let the Cy Young winner walk in the off season, it's still not in bad shape. That's not the, that's not the problem with this team, even with the Cy Young winner walking, and the you know presumptive ace, uh, or at least one of the two aces, Luis Castillo, not pitching well so far. Uh, that's not been our that's not been our uh, Achilles' heel, and and that gives me a little bit more reason for optimism going forward because, you know, um, there's some guys to slot in some of those rotations, and we've not had many years in the past where we've had guys to slot into some of those spots. You know, the fifth starter in in many years has been you don't want you don't want to watch those games. So I don't know if you're looking for reasons for optimism, I think that's one. Car- no, Cardinals no. rotation right now is Adam Wainwright, Hoan Oviedo, John Gant, Carlos Martinez, and they don't even have a fifth starter listed at the moment. So put in perspective with that, it, it, it really, really looks good, I think. So. Yeah, I mean, it feels like, I mean, it's only two months in, but I feel like we all knew that we were going to be in this exact spot right now. But everybody in the division playing the way that they are, Nobody's jumping out, running away with anything. Nobody has a dominant rotation or a bullpen or even offense for that. But like, I feel like this is exactly what we expected. We're just given a weekly update now. <laughs> well, like, Carlos is exactly right uh, about the Reds as well. The weaknesses that the Reds have are sure. the weaknesses we expected. You know, the bullpen, you know, shortstop. Uh, injuries have been a problem for everyone, but I think that's exactly, exactly correct. We're where we thought we'd be. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I think about like these, like you know, the losing seasons we've been having for a while now, and like the guys that you you mentioned, you know, Chad, like the guys were given like waiver wire pickups in the bullpen, like some of the waiver wire rotation guys. Like, do you remember Giovanni Gallardo had three starts for the Reds? I'll never forget it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nightmare. Like Matt Har- Matt Harvey somewhat worked out. He had some good outings. He was you know mediocre for the most part. But like Gallardo was like a thirty point eight ERA, I think. Hmm. I think that that the Brewers, I feel like at this point are like I, I would put in the driver's seat just because of their the Brewers just have like this weird team like where they kind of assembled a team that like you you despise the way they did it like like signing Jackie Bradley Jr. and they went all in on the defense and they just that pitch they have no offense but I don't know maybe maybe that was just a smart strategy looking at this division saying, oh, none of these teams are really that good. We're just going to out pitch everyone. Um, Sam, I think tomorrow's a big game for the Reds, you know, get within two of the loss columns. I think the Brewers are the one team you want to make sure you stay 
the closest to, I, I guess, just because I feel like they're going to be maybe the hardest team to get in a, a big losing streak just because they're going to have the pitching night after night that'll, I don't know, help them avoid those those losing streaks. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, that's where it starts. Like, I mean, if anybody can choose what they'd have their strong suit, it'd be starting rotation. And I mean, we expect it for us to be at the top of that. And I think we will once, once they get back healthy, all-star break right after that, I think the Reds will take back over that, uh, you know, dominant starting rotation in the division. You know, the Brewers also did something else that was uh, really, I, I didn't understand this move they made. They needed a shortstop and, and they went out and got a shortstop. What, what? Explain that one to me. I don't get it. <laughs> Nobody told the Reds that they could trade before the all-star break. That's what happened. <laughs> If it wasn't someone they were giving a chance to make a trade for, is what you're saying there. Yes. Uh, so so we, we actually got a question about trade deadline moves, which is always the the fun thing. So maybe we'll we'll kind of half answer that right now if that's okay with you, Tim, just because I go for I it. Like so I have a theory, and Chad, you can this is maybe a little too optimistic. I don't know. But a way the Reds could redeem themselves for the Adamas, and I think actually come out looking good. It's not not Trevor's story. I'm not going there. Is Andrelton Simmons? Andrelton Simmons and Willie Adamas are probably close to the same player. Would we kind of agree? I mean, and Andrelton Simmons would be a guy that you could literally acquire by probably just paying his salary for the rest of the year. Whereas Willie Adamas was a guy you had to give a prospect. So if and it's a very very big if the Reds went that route, they were in on in on Simmons in the off season. I think, you know, you could you could make a case that that's a better deal long-term for the Reds because they wouldn't have to sacrifice any prospects. It would just be the dreaded money. Well, number one, uh, is uh, Reds ownership going to pay money for players who have talent? That's a big question for me. You know, S- Simmons was um, – he was one of my uh, – one of the lower options on the list for me in the offseason – um, cause he just, because the bat, basically, you know, it is what it is. Uh, he's incredible defensively. He's a serious upgrade on the current Reds team. So, no, I'm not going to object at this point to having Andrelton, Andrelton Simmons uh, in the lineup and, and playing shortstop. And, frankly, the defense is so bad that, it, you know, he probably has more value here than he'll have in other places. But I, I, the Reds are going to have to prove to me that they're going to actually have some cash to go out and acquire someone because I won't believe it until I see it. It's just – I know what happened in the offseason, and I know why it happened. And it's um, until the the owner decides he's going to spend. I, I'm concerned that we're the, that the Reds uh, front office is not going to be able to improve this team at the at the break. But if they're allowed to, no, I'm I'll, I'll take Simmons absolutely, no question about it. Yeah, he he kind of just is one of those players that like in the offseason, eh, I don't really want him. And then you watch Suarez play, and you watch Kyle Farmer play, and you're like, well, that bat's a lot better than Kyle Farmer, you know. It, he grows it looks good you. all of a sudden, right? It's real good. But, but yeah. like, you know, like Chad said, it's going to be like, oh, they really need a shortstop. And it'll be like, the Reds make a deal with the Pirates for Kevin Newman, and we're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Hey, Barry was talking about, you know, his ABs tonight against Curtin Pitch and said he couldn't hit, but he didn't say he couldn't play shortstop. <laughs> I think we'll take the defense right now. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And then maybe we can get some people in the stands, too. Yeah, that was weird last night. Like, I understood the rain 
So I went last night Even for the tonight. first game. Yeah, yeah, I went for the first last night for the first game that was max capacity allowed. And I was kind of expecting like a decent crowd. I understand, you know, like I said, there was rain in the forecast, but it like definitely held off. And it was like, I think Charlie Goldsmith tweeted was like 11.880. And I was like, that's embarrassing. Yeah, it was weird. I was heading back home and I was all, I mean, I sent you guys a message. I was kind of pumped up. Joe was coming back. It was like, oh, reopen a day. Let's go. Let's get ready. And they turned on the broadcast. I'm like, what? Where's everybody at? Then Sonny got hurt. I'm like, I'm over this. Yeah, I was in the beer line very quickly after Sonny got taken off the off the pen, off the box. Yeah, get the thighs going, activated. Get them <laughs> yes. back out. Yeah, I saw you said that. Um, so, Chad, let me ask you this real quick, man, because, you know, I guess um, with this team, obviously – we've seen some younger dudes really step up and play some bigger roles in this team. Um, Jonathan Indy has been terrific the last few weeks and we've seen Tyler Stevenson, who we've read about for years, really kind of be that guy. Um, and obviously Castellanos and Winker who are just incredibly tremendous athletes, like tremendous baseball players. Who are some of the guys in a good, like they really kind of surprised you the most this year. You know, obviously those four have been like huge names, but like, is there anyone else that's really kind of surprised you with what we've seen from them? Well, I think Jonathan India is the first one that surprised me the most, you know, uh, going into the season, I was not down on India, but I was uh, kind of like, I need to, I need to see something because he didn't impress me. I mean, he was fine, but he didn't impress me that much in the minor leagues before last year. And we got all these reports out of, uh, out of the camp last year that we couldn't watch that. He was just, he's a different guy. And then this spring, he was a different guy. And so I was kind of uh, wait and see on him, you know, is, is he really, what we're hearing and i'm a believer at this point you know he started out well and then he struggled and then you know he because pitchers made adjustments and then he made some adjustments and now he you know he's he's a kid who's having a typical rookie year up and down it's tough to be a a hitter in the big leagues when you're first there it's it's this game is really hard and uh and so i've seen enough out of him defensively as well as offensively that i you know he has exceeded any of my expectations at this point and uh, I, I like moving him into, even when he was struggling, his on-base percentage wasn't uh, wasn't that bad. I like moving him into the uh, the leadoff position. I, I'm, he's if I had, if we're talking about biggest surprises, I don't know if that's really necessarily a surprise, but he's the one guy that's exceeded what I expect out of him. I thought he'd struggle a little bit more, and and he may. It's a long season, but uh, you know. Uh, plus, I, I just every time I watch him, I'm like, oh, I wish I had that hair. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, glorious. I think my wife would really appreciate me having that hair. Yeah. I, yeah. Cause I talked, I put a tweet out the other day looking at, cause I feel like, you know, it feels like if you like read like major league baseball writers, it's like Dylan Carlson's already won national league rookie of the year. And I looked at like India, Dylan Carlson and jazz Chisholm and their numbers are all eerily similar to each other. So like, I feel like it's like, maybe if he got a little more pub, he might have a shot, but it definitely feels like it's like Dylan Carlson plays for the Cardinals. Here's his national rookie of the year award already. Well, don't sleep on Tyler Stevenson. I think he You're can right. be there by the end of the year. You're absolutely right. I know so, Nick is like, I know, I know. So, so the 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 active leaders on the the active players on the active roster, leaders in walk percentage on the Reds. Tyler Stevenson's number one. Jonathan India is number two. Uh, Stevenson's at eleven point three. India's at ten point nine. Um, obviously, you know, Winker and Cassianos do things you know, a lot differently, but they're at eight and seven. So, I mean, it's just, that's just, I've just been so impressed with both of those guys plate discipline and 
Um, you hope that's a pro a product of the Reds development, that this is an intentional, you know, um, um, plate, plate discipline driven approach. Um, because man, those guys are just, uh, there's one thing to watch other than, than the Winker Castiano show. It's those two. And they're just, they're just fun to watch. And, um, um, definitely give a lot of hope for the, the future. Yeah. Somebody better tell them though, they don't get paid to walk. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I heard that all night last night. Like, Joey took that walk in the eighth inning, and these guys sitting next to me were like, that's what he does best. I'm like, yeah, it's a good thing. Like, just, just go with it. Somebody tell Jeff Hoffman he's not paid to walk either. <laughs> he's like, I don't understand what. He's like, I watched Little League, and it's like, what's the big deal there? I kind of want to – whenever he comes back, I hope he's in the bullpen. I kind of want to see him in one inning spurts, throw a little harder and spin that slider. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think that's a good. I'm looking forward to seeing that. I think he could he could help this bullpen. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, but I'm eager to see it. I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah. So obviously the biggest name in the bullpen, and I'm curious your thoughts, Chad. What is your ideal circumstance for TJ Antone on a good baseball team? Well, my, you know, uh, again, I, baseball's different than it than it uh, used to be. I can see a scenario where you could pitch him two or three innings, two or three uh, times a week, and that could be as valuable as a starter. The way he's being used, I don't know that it's as valuable as it, he would be as a starter. But I don't know how you move him out of the bullpen at this point, Frank, because he's the only thing keeping the bullpen together. You know, he's like he's the, the duct tape of the Reds' bullpen. He's just – they're hanging on just because of him. So, I don't know. I mean, I want him to pitch as many innings as possible. He's the real deal. T.J. Antone is the real deal. And uh, so, however, whatever role he's in, I want him pitching as many innings as we can get out of him because that guy, you talk about appointment viewing, that's a guy I want to watch every single time he pitches because I don't understand how he does it. Maybe Carlos can explain it because I don't understand how he does it. It's just, he's fun to watch. I love he's that He's awesome. Guy. Yeah. Yeah, the and way he, he makes that ball spin, it's like Tatis was talking earlier on the Dan Patrick show today. He's like, I'm seeing pitches I've never seen before. Like they're just sliding and sinking and like rising all over the place. And so, I mean, he's, he's got that spin rate crazy. I mean, I, I don't know the numbers. I just remember him compared uh, to other relievers last year, seeing that it was just so high. Um, I guess we'll, we'll see how it is over the next couple of weeks with everybody kind of going down on spin rate, but it's another can of worms. I think with with Antone with with his usage, I think it's kind of one of those things. Let's let's hold off on our final judgment on how the Reds use him until the end of the season, um, because there there may be an intentional plan to be saving him for the full year. So you know you you might see him used you know two three innings at a time you know every two or three days as, as later on in the season. So I I don't know I just I kind of feel like. I don't know. Maybe that's that's a thing to, to kind of wait and see the, the totality of the season before you know saying. Can, can I ask you a question about that, Nick? How are the Reds going to use him in the World Series? Well, I hope I hope the Andrew Miller 2016 plan, where literally every single night for for two innings. Um, um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, can take. I got to save some innings now. You know, the uh, <laughs> Joe Madden Aroldis Chapman, where it's like we're only happy for half a year, so you're going to lose your arm on this team. One of them still pitching well. Yeah. The other one's on the Cardinals, so. <laughs> there you go. 
You hate to see it. You just hate to see it, right? So, go ahead, Nick. I'm sorry. No, I didn't say no. Chad, did you need to? You need to take off. You want to? I'm having a good time. I'll hang out for a little bit longer if, uh, unless you're kicking me out of here, Nick. I mean, is that what's going on here? No, we, we know your time is valuable, sir. We uh, we want to right, right. We want to max. It. Yeah, keep going. Uh, we want to hit some questions here in the chat. We have a lot of questions. I am yeah. uh, so uh, so thrilled with some of the. Uh, um, Chad um, Dawson and I, comes and hangs out, and everyone wants to, wants to ask this question, so we like it. So, Chad, please, you're help, you have an open invitation anytime. I appreciate that, but yeah, don't give me any credit. Good grief. <laughs> so let's do some of these. We'll just kind of maybe do this a little bit more, I guess, rapid fire just because there's so many, which is just fantastic. Your choice to get starts with Sonny out. Uh, Santion, I mean, I think we probably all agree with that, right? Ladolo and Green can't be brought up. So, I mean, yes, they can. Agree. Yes, they, they can. They can't be. Can they help the Reds? If so, bring them up. That's my opinion. They can't be called up directly from double A to. To, yeah. to the to the major league, so I mean I, I, I'm. Okay, <laughs> was no, with, the, with the COVID rules, you can't go yeah. directly from Double A to the major leagues right now. Then they need to be in Triple A tomorrow. Really? Yeah, that's yeah. A new COVID rule. Yeah, with the COVID rules, you um. So what about so, the Astros and the Rangers? Do they still have to go by that? They are not an option to start on. Is it Sunday? Is that the next start? They are not an option for Sunday. So so you guys say that that who who do you say for sunday and then you say hunter green for next friday is that yeah, that you know that you learned me something today nick eh, every <laughs> once in a while all right uh next question can jeff hoffman be effective out of the pen when he goes back i'll start this one um i don't see it i, I know I, a lot of people do i just his walk rate's so bad i don't i don't know how that gets better in the bullpen i think it's just going to be magnified I mean, effective as compared to what? Right. To what we have now? Who, when he took the mound list, and I went, Who the hell is this guy? I had to literally bring him up on baseball reference to go, Oh, that's who he is. <laughs> you know, I, wow. I, I, I did a deep dive the other night because I just, all these guys I've never heard of. And so I, I, I posted on Twitter, you know, all the teams that the Reds' current relievers have been released from or waived from, and I, 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 I tweeted it, and then I walked out on my uh, in the backyard and sat in a chair and just uh, cried for a little while. <laughs> it was sad. <laughs> the bourbon tasted a little better that night. I understand. <laughs> yes. All right. Why does uh why does Shogo not get a chance uh, against lefties when Scott Heineman can't hit? Is that a Lance McAllister question? <laughs> it's not. Not not from Lance. That's from from Bob. Don't let Shogo get going. He's gonna steal the hearts of the city. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know. I, I I I kind of feel like I'm not I'm not the biggest Shogo um, believer, but I kind of feel like just you know Naquin can't hit lefties, so it, it's not Shogo's obviously not a perfect platoon partner, but I kind of feel like why not just throw him out there, give him some starts your you're you're paying them but i mean i guess if they're not worried about that i mean i guess it's fine i don't know it's probably i mean a, I guess, a good point it, it's probably not much of a difference between the yeah two. i don't think i mean he's gonna turn anything like crazy spectacular all-star level good but i mean he really hadn't had a 
that great of an opportunity. Last year he struggled early, and then at the end he came on well, but 60 games and it was over. And then this year he got hurt early, and I mean, he's put some good swings together. I just, I like to see him play. Yeah, and they also, too, it's, you know, what do they do with these at-bats for these bench outfielders? Narasitas Aquino's is back in, what, a week and a half? Uh, I think he's, I think he is eligible to 13th, if I, if I remember correctly. So I would assume he's up as soon as he's eligible. Yeah, for sure. I just, I wonder if they're going to play him in center field as the, the, the platoon partner with, um, with Naquin. I mean, it would only be against lefties. The Reds like never face a lefty. There's no, there's like no lefties in the division. So it would be pretty rare. I don't know. I think Sadek said in a broadcast tonight, this was only the eighth time they had a left-handed starting pitcher this whole season. Yeah. Someone asked me the Reds record against left-handed pitching. And I actually looked that up earlier today. I was like, they really played seven lefties all season. Like that's nuts. So they don't face lefties very often. So the, th- the thing about Shogo is what do we really know about him at this point? I mean, I, we got to presume that the Reds know more than we do. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if we should presume that or not, but um, <laughs> you know, he's really never gotten a chance. And I wonder if it's because the Reds know something we don't uh, or if there's some other reason, but I, I want, I, I see his numbers in Japan. And, you know, you, you can't translate those to MLB numbers necessarily, but, um, there, you know, you can translate them and the guy got on base and we've seen him in, in, in the outfield, the guy can, the guy can play, the guy can play defense. Uh, he's maybe lost a step from what he was, but I don't know. I, I, I want to see him play. And I, I wonder why he's not, why he's not playing, uh, more, but again, he's never really shown us necessarily what somebody that's you have to have in the lineup. So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of confused about Shogo Akiyama. I, I, I want to see him. I think the idea was to play him this year. I think he was supposed to get Tyler Naquin's playing time, but it's a good point. Nick, Nick superhero is coming to the rescue, man. He's, I mean, he's, he's, got, a, he's got a 125 weighted runs. <laughs> oh, he has those stats ready to go. Oh, oh yeah. Dude. Oh, yeah. That's his screen flavor. You didn't even look those up. <laughs> 506 slug. Oh. I wish we could show like people the late night Reds talk group text just so they can see like all the things when like Naquin does well that we send to Nick. <laughs> I get some some real harassment. All right, let's keep rolling here. We got a lot. I want to make sure we we get to as many as we can. Sure. Uh, this is just a comment. I have to read this. This is fun to put some faces with Twitter handles. I'm an optimistic Reds fan, so thanks, John. I love that comment. Appreciate it. Um, uh, Max, kind of a question we've kind of touched on. Will the Reds make a move to improve themselves at the deadline? Um, I, I honestly don't know. I have no idea what the Reds will do. I don't even, like, have – I feel like normally I have, like, some sort of pulse, like, kind of last year. Like, eh, I think they might, like, you know, make some sort of move and, like, like they ended up with Bradley and Goodwin. I have no idea. I mean, I, I don't think it's I, – I, I, maybe it's Bob's mood. I, I don't – that day. I, I have no idea. Um, I guess if someone wants me to guess, I think someone like Simmons is probably the, the ceiling Simmons and some bullpen arms. Um, I just, I don't see them, them getting anything more than that. I don't know. You guys have any other thoughts? Well, so. if you read like what Nick crawl said yesterday, it seems like he didn't know either. Like he was in that interview he did with Bobby Nightingale where he's like, it, you know, it basically sounded like he was saying like, well, if they give me money, I can go get a guy. But as Chad has echoed millions of times this year, um, it's if he gets the money to do it. 
God, and it's so relievers, they're, they're going to be out there. They're going to be ready to be dealt. They're so cheap. I mean, it'll take some money off the payroll for non-contenders. They're going to, they're going to be out there to get for anybody who wants to make a, to improve their bullpen and none better than the guys in Cincinnati right now. Well, the Yankees are in fourth place. You think they'll move Chapman? The return. <laughs> that, that, that's right, though. If the Reds wanted to improve their team, they could do it relatively inexpensively for a professional sports franchise. The problem is, obviously, Bob Castellini is going to allow that. That, that uh, Nick Crawl interview that, that, uh, that Tim just uh, referenced, that to me was the print version of like a hostage video. It's like, <laughs> this is what I have to say. You know, I, I, the, the guys won't give me any money. So this is what I have to say. And I got to try to put a, you know, uh, a, a, a good spin on it. But um, it's, all, it's all on whether Castellini will allow it. And, and I think what Nick said is, based on what I have learned, is that it could depend on how he feels that day. This, this is, uh, you know, this is a real thing. And so um, he freaked out after after the COVID year. And that's what, why we got the, the, the off season we got. So uh, a case can be made that you can improve this team, you know, getting uh, Simmons and getting a couple of relievers. That's, that's pennies yeah, in terms yeah. of what a professional sports franchise is worth and what you can make out of it. I wish I could say I was optimistic. I can't be as optimistic as, as Nick in general, but certainly not, uh, not on this point. Well, I this mean, sidebar question. Toronto why don't you struggling. ever see? Why don't you ever see MLB owners at games? You see them at NFL and basketball, but you never see MLB owners hardly ever. Since Steinbrenner, like, I don't they ever show their face. True. I think they're probably. If I were Bob Castellini, I wouldn't show my face at Great American Ballpark. <laughs> you don't want to get booed on the jumbotron. Back of the line, Bob. Back of the line. Back of the line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One thing. One thing I'd add about. Um, that, that crawl story is I would never, I wouldn't read too much into those uh, because the Reds, even Dick Williams always was very, very tight lipped about that kind of stuff. Like, I feel like right before uh, the Puig trade, it was like, Oh, we're probably not doing anything. We're probably not doing anything. And then bang. And even, I, I even, I think in um, um, you know, before more the big moves of, 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 uh, of 20, um, of 2020, um, I feel like they were kind of not, they were kind of being very careful about that. So I don't know if I buy too much stock into that. You know, it doesn't sound good, but they, they've always been very, very tight lip about that. Well, it's true. You should never, you should never take what any general manager says at face value. They have ulterior motives that, you know, but, uh, but you can kind of read between the lines a little bit. I don't think, I don't think Nick's wrong at all, but I also think you can read between the lines and, given what we saw in the offseason and be concerned. Yeah. Yeah, guys, just be patient because when Corey Seager's playing for the Reds in a couple of weeks because they had us all fold, you know, it's going to be great. Dare to dream. <laughs> Chris Taylor. I'll take Chris Taylor. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> or heck, who's the other Rays guy that's ahead of Wander Franco right now after they traded Adamas? And like, well, Wander Franco is going to be their shortstop. So just give us that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Jimbo Williams, he has two comments here that I see. The first one is, is hashtag viewer mail. So I think I know who that applies to. Um, 
And the second one is, do you guys think any Reds pitchers will be affected by MLB's crackdown for using sticky substances? Um, I am not going to specifically name any names of people I think that might be cracked down because I don't think that's fair. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going there. Maybe I'm a coward. I'm just, I, I say, mean, say it, Nick, say it. It's, Je- it's, nope, it's Jeff nope. Hoffman. It's Jeff Hoffman, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sinal Perez. Uh, <laughs> Could you imagine if, if that if guy lives at the bus stop? Guys were, were yeah. down on. <laughs> I will, yeah. <laughs> I will say that, um, you because this is a topic I wanted us to kind of discuss and I kind of get your guys' thoughts. So, hearing Garrett Cole yesterday when they asked him, and he was like, I have no idea how to answer that. And he's like, You know, if Major League Baseball wants to legislate things, and like, I'm willing to discuss it. And you know, he's part of like, he's a big part of MLBPA, and I get that. But you know, like Chad mentioned earlier about like reading between the lines, that almost felt to me that it was kind of like, and I know it's a thing like everyone's like, well, everybody does like cheating in college sports, you know, everyone pays their players. We hear that all the time. And that kind of was almost my like, oh, okay. So that guy makes 330 million and he's not denying things. Like maybe it's a lot of a bigger problem than we thought it was. Oh, it's, I mean, it's definitely out there. The, you know, different concoctions that they have now. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not aware of it. I just, you know, just hear rumblings of how sticky the balls are and stuff like that. Um, you know, some of the players that I were around, you know, had the tobacco and, you know, the honey on it and just rubbing their fingers with it before they even go in, into the game, just, you know, getting their hands sticky and black. And, I mean, you can hear it whenever it's released off of a, off of a pitcher's hand. It's just like a every time. And it's, I mean, Garrett Cole, he, he admitted it without saying that, that, that he doesn't. I mean, we all know that he doesn't. You know, Trevor Bauer, we all know that he doesn't. I mean, Trevor Bauer basically said, okay, well, y'all are going to do anything about it. I'm going to do it, and now I'm going to get paid. And I don't, I don't know what to think about it. Like, I mean, how do you say you can't use spider tack, but then you can use, you know, rosin and, you know, sunscreen? Like, where are you going to draw the line? It's they have to use something because those balls are so slick. Even after they rub them up, you know they're just—it's hard to keep control, especially on the on the West Coast, from Arizona, Denver, out that way. It's a total different ball than you pitch with in Cincinnati or you know in Florida. Like it's it's a totally different baseball. So you, Carlos, you think that it could result in even more? wildness than we're seeing not because no because the seams are raised higher now if it was the old baseball yes okay. because with the themes being harder they, they have a little bit more grip with the old baseball the seams being lower it's harder to control like i had never used as much because every every level you go up high school the seams are up which seem like a half an inch in college they go down a little bit you get to pro ball and they it's a significant drop and it's from rookie ball to like double A is a, a significant drop. Then you get from double A to the big leagues, and then there's there's still another drop. The seams just keep going lower and lower and lower and lower. So the purpose behind that at the pro level, I, I don't know. I just know that the lower the seams, the more the ball moves. I think the weird thing about it is like, you know, the Twitter police too, who every pitcher now, it's like you like see a clip. So like the other day, there's that one of DeGrom where he's like, rubbing in the middle of his jersey 
and you see someone like quote like tweets it you see both Mets catchers come out and they're like if that guy was on something he literally would have a perfect ERA and I hope that's true because he is incredible but I don't 100% know if I'd buy that per se maybe that's me being spectacle I don't know how much I really care to be honest I don't I don't know if I'm supposed to care like yeah I mean uh, there needs to be something done. There needs to be more offense in, in baseball in general. You know, there, there needs to be somewhat more balls put in play. Um, so I, I, I certainly recognize that, but I, I don't know. I don't know how much I really care. And I, I don't know if every time I turn on the MLB network, I need to hear a conversation about this. It's just like, it's going to be like, like the steroids but it's not even as i don't think is obviously anywhere close to as severe where it just just becomes nauseating so i don't know what's baseball without a scandal anymore right yeah you know, they're i guess i guess it's good for business you're not banging trash cans you got to be using something on your pitches now right yeah anyone else have any other thoughts on that I think if they if they ban you know sticky substances or whatever, I'm going to be really upset if no red is affected, because they're not trying hard <laughs> enough to win. If nobody else is being called on it, then we need to be doing it, banging trash cans or whatever. I don't care. This is professional sports. Try to win. The, it, we'll have like the Mitchell report where like that came out when like it was like all those guys that were like on there. It'll be like everyone but like Reds and Pirates will have someone on the report, and we're like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> why are we trying to win <laughs> welcome to the life of being a reds fan yeah no kidding wow uh in all honesty chad is my favorite reds personality of all time chad how many burner accounts do you have here <laughs> <laughs> i literally just sent that in yes <laughs> you click on the 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 youtube chat just um a lot of show go talk <laughs> um as I'm going to twist this question a little bit from John, cause I, I really like it. Um, as far as spending money, do you think it's best allocated on a shortstop or towards getting some, some slightly above average bullpen? So we kind of talked about, you know, the deadline a little bit, but I, I, I want I want to get your guys' thoughts in general about where the red should, should allocate money in the, in the future. Um, um, I think it's a it's an easy hindsight to say, oh, the Reds should have signed a shortstop instead of Mustakas or whatever. But if you really go back and you look at like the free agent classes that year and the year before, there weren't any shortstops um, other than Didi Gregorius. Um, so it's kind of a, a weird situation. But yeah, I, mean, I definitely think the Reds. I mean, they gotta be if the Reds are spending money on anyone, they need to have a shortstop first because. I don't know. Maybe it's just this year that's just made it. It's so pronounced. That's the the premier position that you can't um, you can't just you know throw someone there and, and figure it out. So I don't know. Honestly, before we're even looking at extensions for some of the players we love, I mean, I think they they gotta figure out a shortstop or um, at least be really confident. And um, um, Jose uh, Carlos said, I can't. I'm gonna butcher it. Barrios. Oh, Barrio. Uh, Barrio. I got a. Is it Barrio? Bar- or is it? I think it's Barrio. Barrio. Uh, yeah. And everyone tuned. I haven't seen it enough yet to remember it. I don't know. What's your guys' thoughts on where the Reds should allocate any 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 money? Chad, Chad probably doesn't know, like, what, what money are you talking about, Nick? <laughs> is there money? <laughs> is there money available other than what Castellini is going to pocket when he sells the team? 
for a billion we, plus dollars. Yeah. No, are, shortstop are is the shortstop's the I mean, can you imagine a an NFL franchise not signing a cornerback or a, 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 an NBA team not signing a you know point guard or uh, an yeah, NHL yeah, team the Chicago not Bulls. going into the season with a you know a goalie or whatever. I mean, the the Cincinnati Reds are a professional sports franchise, and they made the decision to go into the season mm-hmm. without anybody to play one of their starting positions. It's like the most unbelievable thing that I've seen in, in my life as a Reds fan. And we've seen some things, right? Uh, so yeah, shortstop is shortstop is it. We got to get some kind, you know. Kyle Farmer, I love the guy, but we need a shortstop. And he yeah, is the best yeah. option on this current team. Like, I don't – I know, like, I complain about Kyle Farmer, and, and I have no problem with David Bell playing him at shortstop because you can't play Suarez at shortstop. Um, and, and it's not like there's another big bat just sitting on the Reds bench that, that could play an infield position. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I definitely think Kyle Farmer is the best option right now, but that's the problem is the – Kyle Farmer is the best option, right? Chad, do you feel that way for the rest of this year as well? Would you take a shortstop over, say, two relievers? Like above average relievers? Or is that just after this year for 2022 and beyond? That's a a good way to frame the question. You know, if you can get me two above average relievers, I might be convinced that that's more important to this particular Reds team. Because the offense has some, uh, you know, some other bats and – uh, yeah, you know, the they, they've got a bat at bad. catcher. They've got bats at catcher. So it's usually, you know, catcher and shortstop are the bats that you're willing to give up if they're defensive. You know, if they're really good defensively. And they've got really good defensive catchers, and they've got catchers that can hit. So I would say give me two relievers and let Kyle Farmer, you know, lead us, lead us to the promise land. <laughs> Kyle Farmer has started a playoff game at shortstop. Yes. <laughs> What more do we need? We have started. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's a good point. I mean, I think it's a really good point. Yeah. If we're talking about this particular team, if if those are our two options, two good relievers versus a actual major league baseball shortstop, <laughs> you could actually make the case that uh, two relievers are more important. But I think the Reds should get all three, two good relievers and a it's shortstop. Crazy. It's crazy, I know. Crazy talk. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, Anything else on that? I don't think so. I think I'm kind of in agreement with you, Nick. Yeah. Um, really good conversation here. I love um, um, about the Reds' current uniforms being trash. Uh, I tend to agree. I'm maybe not yes. trash. I'm just I'm sick of them. They're so boring. Like, and, and someone mentioned the throwbacks. They just had so many awesome throwbacks. They've got to do something. They got to mix up, mix it up. They they should have four, five, six uniforms. I guess that probably costs money. I, I don't I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I, I think the Reds are are way behind on the uniforms. They got to have some some more creativity there. Chad, was it you? I think it might have been you. Did, were you the one that pitched that they should bring back the sixty one uniforms full time? Because if it's you, I totally agree. I don't, I've said it, I think in the past, uh, you know, I actually don't hate the uniforms we have, the Reds have now, other than the black drop shadow, which is awful, but there's so many great uniforms in the past for this organization. I don't know why they don't do like other organizations that have been around forever and lean into some of that. Yeah, let's go. I think the, 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 that, uh, the home uniform 
from the from the 60s that you're referencing plus the like 1995 i think road uniform it was the yes. gray with the the red pinstripes those two uniforms let's do that and go with it forever it, it's a nod to the past uh, and this organization has a great history that they should be you know that's all they want to do is they celebrate the history because they have no present but um I, yeah I'm, I'm all in on on something like that i i don't hate the current uniforms but i i would make a change if i were in charge and i will never be in charge road 95 my favorite uniform of all time Love. i had a Dion sanders road 95 they're just so cool they were and, the best. I mean, it probably it just has a lot to do with the players that that wore it, you know. And man, it's just great uniforms. Love it. All right, uh, I got a wild question here. Um, user wants to know, Carlos, did you use any sticky substance? Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> nothing as crazy as as they had, but if I if I would have had access to it, or if I would have knew about it, they would have made my spin rate better. I sure as heck would have. Because um, I mean, dude. everybody's using something. There, I would say, ninety-eight percent of the teammates that I had that were pitchers used something that, that wasn't other than just rosin. You know, you're not supposed to be able to to mix suntan lotion and rosin either. But that's the first thing that I used in, in the minor leagues, just because the ball was was so so slick. Like in college, I didn't use anything, but I went to from Bullfrog. Um, with a bunch of rosin on there, then to rubbing pine tar on there. My skin's a little darker, so it was you couldn't notice it. Um, and then when I got up to the big leagues, I started, you know, rolling tobacco in my hands, like around the third or fourth inning, just getting that on there, getting it nice and tacky, because even if you put water on it or sweat, that tackiness is not going to come off. I mean, it, it was... To me, it was more just about having a good, firm grip on the ball, like that I was used to having here in South Texas, pitching all the way up until I was 21. Like it was nice and hot and humid, and I could grip the ball and do what I wanted to do with it. So that was the whole point of doing it for me whenever I got to the higher levels and started pitching out, out west because I, I had to do it. It was the only way I was going to control my stuff. Rob Manfred's going to show up at your house tomorrow morning. <laughs> Bring it, Rob. We have a... <laughs> When he's uh, not busy, when he's not busy drawing squares in the field, like your shortstop can only go in these spots, <laughs> uh, he'll, he'll show up at Carlos's house. So, Chad, I don't know if you, uh, we talked about this again in an episode a few weeks back. So, Carlos, when he was in the Reds organization, have you ever looked up his double A Chattanooga team from 06? I have not. I have not. So, they were loaded. They had about 13 major leaguers on the team. And if I give you one guess who led that team in stolen bases, you said off the top of your head, if you had to guess one guy you could have thought of in the, in the Reds organization in that time frame. Ryan Hannigan. Close as far as foot speed. It was Joey. Really? <laughs> Joey had 24 bags that year. Joey Votto stole 24 bases? <laughs> That's what I said. And that was his freaking roommate. <laughs> you were there. <laughs> and, then, and then I texted him right after we finished. And he's, I was like, you led the team in stone bags in 06. He's like, yep, 23. He knew like that. I was like, holy cow. <laughs> I couldn't believe I, it. I went to a Chattanooga game. I can't remember what year it was, but we'd been right around there. Was Hannigan on that team mm-hmm. when you were there? I might have yeah. been there. I went to watch Chattanooga at one point. I don't yeah, think Vada was there. Was there in Coito. I mean, I mean, the list goes on. Yeah. Yep, Bailey. Really, huh? Bailey. Yeah. Homer was there. Logan on was on that team. 
Cueto was there. I mean, it was United States Olympic hero Homer Bailey. Yeah. <laughs> make sure, make sure we verify. All right, I got two. I'm gonna do two more in the the chat, and then I'm gonna close that for tonight, uh, just because there's so much, which is awesome. Thanks so much, guys, for in the chat. Yeah, and then great, Tim, I'll let great. you get. Uh, if there was a couple on Twitter that you wanted to get, I'll let you get those. Um, sure. So two more yeah. real quick. Um, um, pretty good one um, on on Tucker Barnhart about his um, his option. I believe it's seven point five million for next season. Do you think that's a good good option, or do you think that's something the Reds should should save money on? Um, I mean, I, I think if you can keep Tucker Barnhart, sure. But I mean, I think he has to be low low down on the, the totem pole. Um, if that's taking away from, you know, getting a competent bullpen or, or whatever else, I mean, I think Tyler Stevenson by the time we get in next year needs to be catching the bulk of the time. So um, I, I would say probably not. I, my guess is they maybe try to work out a, um, some sort of um, they, they decline the option and do some sort of um, counter offer or something like that. You guys have any thoughts on if the Reds should pick up Buck, uh, Tucker Barnhart's option? It just depends if they have if they're allowed to spend money. I mean, I think it's a great value, but I, I mean, think he's going to have a lot of what the budget is. I think with how good he is behind the plate, and we've seen him hit really well this year, and I don't know what the catcher free agency market necessarily looks like for twenty for the twenty one off season, but I feel like it if it's like limited, like we've seen years past, like. I feel like teams are really going to want him. Am I wrong? Am I crazy? The catcher market is, is so bizarre. Like, um, um, like James McCann got 40 million. Um, um, but there's been some other guys um, like Mike Zunino that only got three. And there's been several other like guys that are close to, you know, or that are on major league rosters, you know, uh, like I think Kirk Sally was like 2 million. So it's just, it's such a weird, weird market. I'm guessing they probably use a lot of internal stats that we don't have any, any access to. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's so weird to know what a catcher's worth. I have no idea outside of like, you know, I know JT real Muto is worth a lot. That's yeah. Buster it. Posey. Yeah. My feeling for, for a lot, uh, uh, quite a while now has been that Tucker Barnhart would be the perfect backup catcher for the back end of his career because great defensively. And um, now we're seeing that since he stopped switch hitting, he's actually hitting a little bit. And so maybe that changes the calculus. I didn't see that coming. Obviously Uh, if I were the reds, I would try to renegotiate. Let's, let's extend the deal. Let's not talk about picking up the option. Let's extend it. And uh, with the idea that you're going to be the backup catcher behind our all-star catcher Tyler Stevenson and you'll play 40% of the games and uh, still gold glove uh, ability and can be a maybe not a lifetime red but I think he can provide real value as a backup catcher here now he may want to try to be a starting catcher somewhere and given the fact that he's hitting better uh, in the last uh, year and a half then maybe he'll try to he, he'll want to do that but I would love to see him long term as as the kind of the the part of the tandem with uh, with Tyler Stevenson. Yeah, I mean, I think that'll help Tyler Stevens' longevity as well. Like, he won't have to catch as many games. He's a big human, so he's going to wear down more uh, a little faster than than most catchers will probably. And you know, you know, Joey's going to have another couple of years, and he's going to be able to spell him at first. 
Tyler Stevens. So I think it's, I think it's a great value. And, and I don't know Tucker, you know, I've met him once or twice, but I just get the sense, you know, from the social media, the way he talks it, he might even give us some sort of a hometown discount. I mean, plus he's from Indianapolis, so it's not like, you know, staying here is probably ideal for him being closer to home, so. Yeah, Tucker came on our podcast uh, uh, two or three times um, in the past. It's been a while, but uh, I, I think he, he really, uh, my sense is, and I can't say that I know him, but my sense is that he cares. Uh, he likes the being the kind of a hometown guy. It's, it's important to him. Now, what, but, you know, when we're talking about big time dollars, that stuff go, you know, that, yeah. is in the wind you know but uh i would i would explore it if i were the reds i think it makes a lot of sense from every angle yeah right. i agree um so i did get a quick twitter question and i do want to get to our all-star ballots because i'm really really excited to kind of talk with that about you guys um jeff amlong asked when nick senzel comes back do you try india or senzel at shortstop and where do they play mike moustakas when he comes back carlos is adamant on this no no well first off everyone's got to be healthy at once which yeah. uh, i believe that when i see it at, the, at this point you know um i, I think there's going to be injuries all year with 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 a lot of these players just with their history and the 60 game season so i mean i think a lot of our worries will solve themselves out but like they are now you know like like suarez playing shortstop is in india it's not an issue right now yeah, I'm pretty sure that India has played like nine minor league games at shortstop, something like that. And I played, I think he did a little bit at Florida, but yeah, I'm not I comfortable. Just, I, 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 everyone, I think, just, just gravitates towards that. And I understand that. I mean, he has that look like he could play shortstop, but I just, as cheap as the Reds are, yeah. If they thought he could play shortstop, I feel like he'd be playing shortstop. Am I, am I crazy on that? You I mean, know, like I don't, I don't see why people keep asking this question you people thought that you know oh why not slide Suarez over there at shortstop I mean he's a, a good defender it doesn't work that way it's hard to play first base everybody thinks it's hard to play or it's easy to play first base look how bad you know Stevenson looked on some short hops like it's tough to learn a new position and then to learn it at the highest level possible you don't just you know practice for a week take a couple of fungos and you're good to go it doesn't work that way yeah, I don't want to, I don't want India taking away anything from his his uh, development. He's fine. You know, Leave him alone. Yeah. Point. I mean, you're you're risking messing him up, you know, or or, or, or I mean, not messing him, but but you know, stumbling his development a little bit. So yeah, I just I don't. Yeah. That's a short term fix that I doesn't don't see having any long term lasting benefits because I don't. If the Reds thought he was a long term shortstop option, he'd be playing shortstop. Yeah. If it's not broke, don't fix it. He's been really good at second base. Keep him there. Let me check one more time because I know, like I said, we got overblown with with text today. Um, all right, I think we finally caught up on questions, uh, which is phenomenal because that's not something I ever expected to see here. Um, I do want to get your guys' thoughts real quick on this thing that Nick and I got today, where someone said, "Question for the show tonight." They said, "Vladimir Gutierrez has the presence and body type of a young Aroldis Chapman." Um, I mean, he's, he's scary. I mean, he looks intimidating on the mound. Yeah. Uh, throws about seven miles an hour slower on a bad day for Chapman. 
Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's, he looks like an intimidating. Yeah, I don't have that in front of me. Like six two, six three, maybe. Six zero, six zero. Six even, yeah. And that's probably generous. No one six foot on on baseball reference is actually six foot. (laughs) Like we said, like with NBA players, it's like, you know, they're like Donovan Mitchell at one point was six three, and you like look at the thing, they're like, oh, he's six one. How'd that happen? Chad, you still keep it up with the Sixers? You feel good about them right now? Yeah. You know, Joel Embiid's hurt. I don't know. You know, it's uh, it's it's questionable, but uh, I don't know. I, I laid some money down on them winning the uh, winning the Eastern Conference, so we'll see if I uh, months ago. So we'll see if I'm right. But they got to get got to get Embiid back. Yeah, I, I agree. So last one of the last topics we want to get in before we get out of here. And Chad, if you want to hang for this, and if you have thoughts on it, by all means, man, we'd love to get it. I'm committed uh, at this point. <laughs> I, I figured. So. We haven't even had our first intermission yet. I know. (laughs) So me being me and just for some reason loving the all-star game, even though it's what it is, um, I made the guys, I'll go ahead and take responsibility for this. I made the guys fill out their ballots of choice. And I realized when we did this, that the three of us have completely three different, complete three complete different theories of how we vote. And honestly, I kind of like the idea of it. Um, so we don't have to go through our whole ballots by any means, but I kind of want to point some out um, to some of the names that really kind of jumped up. So for me, uh, nationally first up. base, I put Reese Hoskins at first base and I really liked it because I thought he's had a really good year so far for the Phillies. And then Nick was like, well, I put Freddie Freeman because he adds up. Correct me if I'm wrong, Nick. You said you add up the second half of the year before and then the current up to so, the break. So I think I got really ticked off a long time ago that, that Joey Votto had, had a rough like, three weeks and then the all-star ballots are already out and like no one votes for him because he had like three bad weeks. So I, I, I don't like the idea of picking uh, my players based on two months of the season. So what I do in a normal year is I, uh, I go to fan graphs. I put in the, the first date of the second half of the previous year. And then I add that to the current year. And that's what I vote on is, is the statistics from that. So for this year um, I did it all the way back to the end of, to, to the after the all-star break of 2019 um just because there wasn't a game last year and you know so it, so it kind of adds up so uh, there's one play i'm not doing it i'm not saying it. i'm not getting, getting that's why twitter. i didn't say fill out your whole ballots. there's one play, one player that got left off that i would i would get crucified for for saying but um yeah, but yeah we, we, we need ratings we're here for the ratings nick <laughs> <laughs> um, if they don't love you they have to hate you Come on, Nick. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just I think there's some guys like uh, like a um, um, a Mark Ahana, a Marcus Simeon, who should be a red uh, that should definitely be on there, kind of from their 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 stats all all together throughout the year. Uh, I feel like a guy who doesn't get any love that that really should is is Trey Turner. If you look at his stats for like the last three years, he's just an incredible player. So yeah, I, want, I go a little bit different. But he plays the same position as Fernando Tatis, so obviously the popular vote's going to go. And that's fair. I think that's rational. Like, for me, I put Cedric Mullins in for the American League outfield. Do I think he's going to get there? Probably not, just because there's so many American League outfielders like John Carlos Tain and Aaron Judge of those guys. But 
I think he's had a pretty like he's been pretty terrific for the Orioles for the one guy on the team who has been really well him and Trey Mancini. I have Trey Mancini on mine. Um, um, he I guess he crushed it at the end of 2019. He didn't play in 2020. Um, I definitely didn't feel like I could hold that against him. But his overall numbers, I mean, they're they're by far the best of any first baseman. I I thought so. Yeah, well, I had also him quote, the quote the great Charles Barkley who he played for. He's the Orioles first baseman, but last year I think he had like I think he was he had he was like doing chemotherapy last year. Yeah, I really hope he gets on the all-star team. Just yeah, you know, what a what an awesome story that would be. Yeah. The painful one for me was Buster Posey, but I was like, ah, nationally catcher, no one's really close to him this year. Chad. See, if you Never. want my if you want my strategy, you wouldn't have to vote for him. I got real muto, and it, and it doesn't even it's not even close if you look at the totality vote. And that that's like Buster Posey is like the exact reason I, I do I, I do it my way of doing it because I don't think Buster Posey is the best catcher in the National League right now. I think he's had two really really good months. He's a really good catcher, but I mean I think Real Muto is so much better. So. I have the same philosophy about this as I had when I was seven years old sitting at Riverfront Stadium. And they passed the uh, I that. The, the things down. We had to, had to push out the key. little, uh, yeah, uh, the circle in which my votes go to every Cincinnati Red that's eligible in the National League. And the American League, I only vote for the positions where there are former Cincinnati Reds. So <laughs> that's, that's my theory, and it continues to be my theory. And it's the way I'm always going to do it, so. Sorry, Trey Mancini and uh, Buster Posey, but you didn't play for the Reds. Your loss. <laughs> I like it. Love it. Now, I'm sure, like, Carlos had Joey Votto there, and I know that's part of it because it's, you know, Team okay. Bestie. So, I like it. Yeah, I'm like, I want to see the stars. I want to see the names. I'm not going to be mad if Miguel Cabrera starting or Albert Pujols is starting. Like, the guys that deserve it, okay, we'll come off the bench. Like, you know, like Jesse Winker, like he's having a super awesome year. I would not be mad if, if he wasn't out there because of, you know, say whoever superstars out there, like Mookie Betts, even if he's not having that great of a year, I would not be mad at him. He's a star. He's a superstar. He's done it for more than one year. You, you kind of got to earn your starting gig, in, in my opinion. And, and I'm, I'm not mad. At that. I like to see the star power. I think that helps with you know, getting more viewers, you know, you've got everybody that people know, okay, look, who's starting the all-star game. It's not like, oh, well, who's this guy? Who's Trey Mancini? You know, <laughs> Albert Pujols is. <laughs> I completely agree with that. I, you know, I don't care how bad Mookie Betts has been for the last two months. He's been in the all-star game. I want to see guys like that. I want to see the stars. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I completely agree with that, but I want more reds. Uh, we don't have that many stars. So I want all of our <laughs> above average players and the rest can be just stars. I think one of the things we talked about in our group text the other day, and curious your thoughts on this, checks. I understand why they don't have you vote for pitchers just because there's so many. But don't you think we should at least get to, like, write in, like, the starters? Like, at least, you know, so we can throw, like, get something on that side of it? Yeah, I've never understood why they don't at least let the, you know, fans have some vote as to the, as to the stars. You know, I think about a guy like Johnny Cueto, who was, you know, he's was he made, like, one all-star team. And that's a guy that should have been in the all-star game five times. Now, if he can't pitch, okay, well, you bring another guy in who's, you know, because he pitched, you know, because because Cueto pitched, you know, two days before the all-star game or whatever. You're, okay, bring some other guy. But he deserves that honor. And, I, uh, yeah, I think, the, I think the fans should be able to 
to vote on uh, at least some pitchers, uh, at least just to just to give them the honor of being an All Star. That's a big deal, and uh, and I, you know I feel like some pitchers kind of get kind of screwed because they you know because the way the, the way things play out uh, throughout the season in terms of when they're eligible and when they're not eligible to pitch and yeah I, I, I you know how many times has uh, Clayton Kershaw's probably been there a bunch of times but probably not yeah. as many as he deserved I mean I think about all these guys that uh, oh. if they're a position player they get that honor and it, it goes on their baseball reference page and it goes in their case for making the hall of fame later and it's a little unfair to pitchers yeah, because like, like you said, like Cueto started the All-Star game he made, which is kind of wild when he was in San Francisco. Um, so, yeah, I totally agree with that. Because like, this year, I understand it's probably going to be Jacob DeGrom and Shane Bieber that started, quote-unquote, just because I think they've been the two best in their leagues, respectively. But then again... No, no. Not Jeff should, Hoffman? Should, Jeff Hoffman make? should for sure make it. Not unless anyone superstars. holding them back. <laughs> One pet peeve I do have is uh, uh, th- that everyone thinks Winker just like started hitting this year. Right. Uh, using my theory, uh, the, the, the highest weighted runs created plus in uh, baseball since then among outfielders is Mike Trout, Jesse Winker, like in baseball. So Jesse Winker is by far the, the, the best in the National League. Had a Soto, uh, Betts, way ahead of you sounded um, like the, the doc from Back to the Future. Using my theory. <laughs> Using my theory. <laughs> the Kirby. The Kirby theory. Kirby theory. So, I mean, Jesse Winker, this isn't – I just – I don't know. I, I guess I just – I find it weird that, that people didn't understand that he was really, really good, like, before this year. I don't know. My pet peeve. Well, like the Buster I mean, only thing the other day. And he's like, who's your National League MVP? He doesn't have Winker or Castellanos listed. I mean, most yeah. people still don't know Joey. So, no, you're not surprised. You're not really surprised. Yeah, that's elite troll job. Hey, he got clicks. Good for him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, dudes, I think unless there's anything else you want to touch on, I think we 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 can wrap this up. I know we went a little long tonight, but it was a lot of fun. Our chat was incredible. Um, we had so many questions. Chad, thank you so much for taking some time to join us. I really appreciate it. And you know, before we let you out of here, I know most Reds fans already know who you are, but those who don't, where can they find you on social media? your podcast, your writing, by all means, man, take a moment. Do not go to find me. It's not worth your time. Thank you so much guys for letting me, uh, let me join you for a little while. And I, I hope to do it again sometime. This was fun. Open invitation, my man. Anytime. Thank you. We're going to wrap up this week's edition of late night Reds talk. Uh, thank you all for tuning, tuning in as always. I know we uh, have a very, we're looking forward to stacking some wins against the Rockies this weekend. Fingers crossed. Um, So everyone have a good night and we can't wait to be back next week.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.